Welcome back to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman. First of all, I wanted to start out with a huge thank you to all of you listeners who have downloaded episodes, subscribed, rated, and reviewed. I passed the thousand download mark, so I'm really excited about that. It means 1,000 times, or a little over that, you decided to press play and listen to what me and my guests had to say. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, we have a winner for the drawing for the Freedom Journal. I did it live on Facebook today, which is March 30th, and that winner is Fellow Mom Listening. Now, I don't know who you are because there's no way to trace, you know, your name. So if you want to contact me via Instagram at Carrie.Normand or Facebook at Carrie Yoakum Normand, or you can email me at beaconsofbravery at gmail.com to let me know who you are and your address so that I can ship the Freedom Journal out to you. But again, I thank you so much for your review and for all the reviews. Kind of along the same line, I'm announcing a new contest, and that is for a mystery box. So this is going to include a bunch of goodies, well over worth $100 worth of value. And it'll be an assortment, maybe t-shirt, book, pen, odds and ends, just things that I like, and hopefully you will too. So if you leave an Apple review before May 1st, you'll be entered into the next drawing for that mystery box. And now on to today's guest, our beacon, Alicia Myronic. She's the creator of the fun new word, Myrony, which she'll explain in this episode. Her life reads like a novel that will keep you on the edge of your seat for sure. Um, And some of that has to do with the loss of both of her parents, early divorce, suicidal thoughts and attempts, alcohol and prescription drug addiction, and even a full hysterectomy by the time she was 35. She is the host of the That's Myrony podcast, and I'll, I'll drop all her links in the show notes. She gives a unique perspective. It's one a little outside of my box, and it might be outside of yours, but I'm intensely interested in people and their stories and how they come to make peace with their life. So go into this one with an open mind. It's going to be different from any that you've heard so far and just enjoy it. And hopefully you can relate and find some hope and that light that will guide you along the way. So here we go. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman, former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower, who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast, to interview authors, entrepreneurs, and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams, to shine the light on how we can live the life of our dreams. Welcome to Beacons of Bravery. 
Alicia Myronic, a really unique name, especially your last name. And I'm sure that's going to come into play uh, as your story goes on, right? Oh, it's, it's my entire story. <laughs> <laughs> well, where are you calling in from today? Where in the world are you? I'm in San Jose, California, but I'm, um, I'm uh, originally from uh, northern New Jersey and near New York City. So I'm a total Jersey girl. Um, well, I'm a total East Coast girl. I can't say I'm truly a Jersey girl because I don't have the Jersey accent, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a Jersey girl. So, <laughs> Well, I, I sensed East Coast, but I didn't know exactly where. Well, Alicia and I also connected in the serving circle. Actually, I heard her on a podcast called Dreams Are Real by Dan McPherson, and I thought it was a great show. And then I get on my first Zoom meeting with the serving circle, and there you are. And I was like, oh, it's meant to be. And she graciously agreed to be on the podcast. So thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. I'm so honored. I know this is, I mean, you've just started launching this and it's so exciting, you know, to be part of this. I mean, it really is an amazing world that we get to connect with from this, from this podcasting community. So, so the first uh, question is just kind of meant to be a fun one, but can be very interesting. And what I'm wondering is where are you in the birth order of your siblings or are you an only child and how has that affected your life? If any, um, I'm actually, I only have an older brother mm-hmm. and, um, my, my brother, we're only two years apart, but we are absolute night and day. Really? <laughs> yeah, we're quite, quite different. Um, in that he was, well, he kind of, my father's side of the family has extreme intelligence. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not, you know, like I'm not stupid by any means, but like this level is off the charts. And so like one of my cousins got like a 1580 on her SATs oh where God. she got, this was before the SAT scores changed, but got two questions wrong or something crazy like that. Yeah. And my brother kind of has a partly photographic memory. So things came really easily to him. Mm-hmm. So I really had to work mm-hmm. to get, you know, like I, it, I always felt like I was kind of the dumb one in the family. Oh. <laughs> You're always trying to measure up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and it's just, um, I, I always wondered, I'm like, I have to work so much harder, but mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate that too. Right. And so, I'm very grateful now because I mean, it's just me and him because we've lost both our parents. So right. he, him being, he's, he's kind of, he's, you know, the big brother mentality, but he was always, he's really, um, he was always very more mature than his age. So he was almost sometimes like my father, you know, like then, then that close, you know, sibling relationship, Mm -hmm. but I truly, truly am so grateful, you know, and, and that's where having differences in our lives and, you know, recognizing the, the beauty and the gifts that we all have. Right. We can look at in the sense of um, if we want to look at our souls, you know, we somehow come together. And so I'm happy I'm happy he and I, he and I were able to be, you know, brother and sister. (laughs) It was meant to be. Yeah. So what do you do for a living currently? And then we'll kind of go back more into your history, because I know that plays a big part into what you're doing today. 
So um, I do have my stepping stone jobs of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a life insurance agent. I also have my real estate license. Um, however, I am embracing what I'm ultimately meant to do um, as a public speaker to share about Myrony and we'll go into what Myrony is, but I'm also um, uh, a mentor for people who've just been, I'm, I'm an intuitive. And so when I say I'm an intuitive, um, I have a very strong gift known as claircognizance. And the gift of claircognizance is known as the gift of knowing. So we can, people may hear uh, clairvoyance is where you might see things, clairaudience where you might hear things. I never heard of this book, claircognizance, but I'm actually gonna share a little bit about how I discovered that because I kept seeing the word Jackson over and over and over. And I'm like, what's up with Jackson? And it was funny because my dad's name was Jack and he passed away and this is part of the story. Mm -hmm. But my mom's like pet name for him was Jackson. So I was like, oh, you know, and, and um, I, if I ever had a, a son, I was gonna name him Jackson. But for like a year, I kept seeing Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. And I'm like, what's up with this? Well, it was this book Laura, by Laura Lynn Jackson who's this incredible psychic medium is she actually was on, um, I don't know if you've seen the Netflix um, series that just came out recently called Surviving Death. Mm -mm. And she's on the show and it's really powerful, but it was in her book called The Light Between Us that she said her strongest gift was this gift of knowing. And I was like, that's what I have because I just know things without knowing why. Mm -hmm. And I just act on it. And that's actually part of the story too, of how I discovered my irony and, and we'll go into that. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about growing up. Um, what type of child were you teenager? Um, how was life? Yeah, I, I was actually extremely blessed with amazing parents that were absolute soulmates, um, where they were, they were, um, married when my mom had just turned 20 and my dad was 24. And then they waited 13 years and 15 years before they had my brother and I. So wow. they were married a really long time. And it's so sweet because they actually met on a Canadian Air Force base in France. They're both Canadian. And uh, the first time my dad met my mom, he literally said, one day I'll marry you. So they just had this beautiful soulmate relationship. And I'm not saying it was perfect, but I was always brought up with this understanding of like this really deep, more powerful love. So I had this beautiful, beautiful example. Mm -hmm. And, but I will admit as a child, like I look back on when I was young, I was, I had no inhibitions in the sense of like, I thought I could do everything. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to write song. I wanted to perform. I wanted to sing, you know, I wanted to be that person on stage and, you know, just, um, I would, I was writing all the time. I wanted to be a fashion designer. I mean, I wanted it all. And then, you know, something happens where the insecurities come into play and then you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I was never in any specific group. Mm -hmm. Like I had a lot of friends, but and I had a lot of, you know, I, I had a couple close friends, but I just never felt like I truly belonged. Mm -hmm. And um, I definitely went through, I remember it was fifth grade. Um, you know, that's when a lot of shifts happen. Right. And um and I remember, you know, that was when uh, issues with weight and things like that would start coming into play. Mm -hmm. And there were, uh, you know, the, the popular, the two, the, the popular crowd 
um, there were twins, uh, sweetest girls, but you know, they just were naturally model thin mm-hmm. and they ended up saying that they were fat. So it's like, if they think they're fat, what the heck am I? Right. And so the first steps to, um, eating disorders started there. Um, I developed severe body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky in that, in all this whole story is that I would always go to a certain point before going past a point that would probably not bring me back. So Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate. I never went down the bulimic road because I knew that if I ever crossed that point, like I couldn't make myself throw up. I tried, Mm -hmm. but I knew that if I ever learned how to do it, I was done for. So I, I learned through other people. I had one of my best friends ended up. So that was like, that was a big struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was extremely shy, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. But you know, now doing this, hilarious, right? All that you're saying, I can relate with all of it. Except I was good at throwing up. <laughs> ah. So uh, yeah, that's a bad road to go down. But I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got to the point where I would chew on food and spit it out, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And I'm sorry you went through that because I know my, you know, one of my best friends, well, that was the thing I was, I was shown an example of one of my best friends who went down that road. And I was like, I'm so grateful I didn't have to go down that road, but boy, do I emphasize about that road, you know, and and so it's, it's amazing what we do to ourselves, you Mm -hmm. know, like we're, the, the things that we have to overcome for ourselves. But if you don't go through it, you're not able to help others. Right. So I guess, you know, and then it, it took a long time. I mean, it's very funny, actually, my story of how I actually got able to speak in public, funny story. But, you know, I just, I mean, I was terrified, you know? So if someone told me, this is what you're going to be doing when you're older, I'd be like, you are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can relate to that too. So um, on into high school, anything significant happen other than the usual stuff? Well, yeah, um, I ended up being in a car accident that um, uh, wasn't a super horrible car accident. It was a, it was a poor car collision. Um, I was actually visiting my brother in at college. Um, I was in New Jersey. He was going to school in outside of Baltimore and um and I didn't know where the school was. And so I was like in this lane, you know, I could have gone around the car, but um, the car that hit me was going pretty, it, I mean, it wasn't like a highway or anything like that, but mm-hmm. hard enough impact hit me. You know, I hit the car in front of me and like my car was totaled. And, um, but that ended up uh, causing really bad whiplash and soft tissue damage in my low back. But then that's what triggered my fibromyalgia a year later. Mm-hmm. And that's when part of the, uh, my ironic journey starts. <laughs> well, you can go right into it if you want to segue there. Well, I'd like to share with your listeners what my irony is in the first place. Yeah. So my irony or my irony like to take out the I cause it's not about I it's about we and something so much greater. Um, irony are the crazy coincidences that happen in life that we can't explain. That's also another word for sign or synchronicity. However, it has its own definition because it is synchronicity in motion. We may see a sign, but then there's an action we can take when we trust that inner knowing. 
So you'll see a sign and then you'll, you will get a gut response. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I like to say, and in my, um, you know, I'm fellow podcaster, that's my irony podcast. In my first episode, it's called discover my irony and your inner superpower. So I call my superpower, my spiritual spidey sense. So Mm -hmm. I always encourage people, what's your superpower, but the superpower really is awareness. Mm So, um, yeah, so the, 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 the journey that started, which, you know, and I, I actually want to say when Myrony, because, um, because it's all so interconnected, I like to say it's the divine design that interweaves us together. And um, when I was 16 years old, right before I got into my car accident, I mean, like pretty recent because I was applying to schools and things like that, something told me to go to Delaware, like hmm. University of Delaware never been to the state. Why am I going to go to the state? Right. But it was like, no, you got to go. And I'm like, okay. You know, and, um, and, and so when you start looking back at those times in your life, those pivotal moments that were like, if you didn't do that, how different your life would be Mm -hmm. is pretty incredible. So I go, you know, that's where I end up going to school. But um, with with what happened with this fibromyalgia, is it, it literally, um, it was actually when I was getting ready to go to school um, was when I had my first episode, and my back developed like knots that were like the size of the, as hard as a rock, mm-hmm. um, as big as a like I mean huge all throughout my back. You could actually see it, but the slightest touch would cause me to scream. Mm. And I had no idea what was wrong. And so um, my first semester of college, um, it was always being triggered by um, change in weather, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And I guess my initial injuries never really healed. And that's what caused this trigger Mm -hmm. because fibromyalgia, for those that don't know, is it, it, I mean, it could be um, considered a genetic in the sense that like my grandmother had polymyalgia, which is like clusters of pain, but fibromyalgia are like these trigger points in your body that are like pressure points, but they're hypersensitive. Mm -hmm. Well, mine I discovered were like hyper, hyper, hypersensitive. (laughs) Like some people have it where clothes hurt them. And apparently Mm -hmm. I was like one step above that. And so it was horrific. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I wanted to die when I would have these flare ups. And there was like one time I, um, I, I, I couldn't even walk up the stairs to my dorm room and, um, and, you know, I called my parents crying hysterically. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So it actually took me seven and a half years to get through college because I'd have to drop out Mm -hmm. and, you know, try to make up for it. I mean, my poor parents paid out of state tuition. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad up in heaven. (laughs) Oh, that was the first really big, um, you know, thing that I had to overcome. Mm -hmm. I'll admit I was very heavy drinker at that time because Mm -hmm. you, you can't, you, you you just want to escape the pain Mm -hmm. and there's nothing that will escape it and drug and prescription drugs, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you kind of work your way out of that? tenacity, recognizing. So when I was like 19, this is kind of funny. Oh, my irony. 
Um, <laughs> I have a flare up really bad where I'm literally curled up on the on the kitchen floor crying hysterically where I was living. I remember talking to my brother and being like, I just want to die. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And God, the amount of times I've said that in my life, it's hard, you know? Yeah. See, you didn't know when I would cry. <laughs> but, um, but the funny thing is, is that the next day I go to this open mic night and there I'm in the, um, you know, the, the restaurant bathroom. And there's this flyer that says, if you want to learn self-defense and you want to, you know, I don't know, it had something to do, but I was like, you've got to call this person. So he ended up becoming, he did become a mentor in like the physical sense. It was called left jab boxing club, L E F drop off the T left jab boxing club club. And his name was Cliff Johnson. And Cliff, every ever, ever hear this, like he saved my life at this point because he was, um, he was a, he, I guess he was almost like a pro boxer, incredible, but it was so funny. It was like out of a Rocky movie. It was in this garage with this ring that had like all sorts of duct tape and like people think they need fancy equipment. No, you don't. You just need like the most bare minimum. But he told me, he's like, you know, um, don't drink too much water because you'll throw up. And he became my strength. So I decided to, if I was going to go through pain, I was going to inflict it upon myself physically. And that is how I first made the first big step with fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. So what was your degree in, in college when you finally got it? <laughs> Hotel restaurant management. Really? And so did you go into that when you graduated or... How did you yeah, well, that's out? where it gets, that's where now we're getting more into the, the myronic story. So um, yeah, I got my degree. Well, I didn't originally go into that, but after being in school for so long, that's kind of what led me there. But I also, my dad was a pilot for American Airlines. And so I was just part of that service hospitality world for so long that I just love it. I just love helping people. And so um, I always wanted to travel. Um but uh, when I when I got that degree, um, I did you know start managing restaurants right away, and it is funny because I was then led to the restaurant that the story really begins, mm-hmm. uh, known as H twenty one, and that's where I met my future husband, and that's where this the fun parts comes in. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Okay. And the beacons of bravery is like, yeah, yeah. Cause this almost killed me multiple times. Yeah. So <laughs> overcoming fears and obstacles. Uh, you are the beacon to tell that story, huh? Yeah. So it all started 16 years ago when my father was um, uh, diagnosed um, term- to be terminally ill very quickly, where of May of 2004, I thought he had the flu and August, 29th, he passed away. And he was diagnosed with hard bone cancer, middle of July. And um, I got married one week before he died. Mm. And so I wasn't even engaged at the time, but I had been at, um, I'd been with this guy for two and a half years and we're going to refer to him as mouth. Um, but uh, so like when I made this decision, it wasn't just for my dad, but it's really funny because my dad, well, my dad was put in hospice in the hospital, uh, at the hospital I was born in. And, um, and 
his younger sister, because I was crying to her, my aunt, I was like, I can't believe my dad won't be at my wedding one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I was his only daughter, you know, dad, total daddy's little girl. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, or she's like, you know, why don't you get married? I was like, can't do that. I was like, a second. Okay. So this is where the irony, more irony comes into play is I'm in the hospital I was born in as I'm calling Matt down at the restaurant we met at, which is called H21. So the restaurant we met at, I am proposing to him while he's at work in the hospital I'm born in if he wants to get married that following Sunday. And he said, yes. And so the irony started, I like to say um, the, you know, I proposed on Saturday, we did a day of rest on Sunday and then Monday we're off to the races to plan a wedding in six days. What sort of wedding do you think you're going to have in six days? Well, the most perfect wedding I could have ever imagined where um, the first wedding dress I tried on was the dress of my dreams, shoes, last pair of my size, two dress fittings whole bridal ensemble bought in three hours with lunch. Wow. Signs were showing up left and right, left and right about like how absolutely this was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And even down to the day before, so we were getting married on August 22nd. And it was really funny because um, we were kind of, I mean, it was such a whirlwind. We actually thought we were getting married on August 21st for a little bit. But this is where the story really continues because I like to say on August 21st, I challenged God and on August 22nd, God showed up mm. because on August 21st, it was torrential downpour, oh. like load up the animals kind of rain, you know, like, yeah. like, Where's the art? Of, yeah, no, like sheets of rain. Mm. And everybody's like, what are you going to do? Because the reception was going to be in the courtyard of this hospital. Mm-hmm. And I said, if there truly is a God, he will not take this away from my father. And the next day there was not a drop of rain, oh. not a cloud in the sky, no humidity, which is unheard of on the East coast at the end of August after a rain like that, like that is not possible. Yeah. It was a California day, mid seventies, freaking mid seventies after that. It was a California day that happened in New Jersey and I mean, there was this one picture captured where like literally it looked like the heavens opened up and just light came shining down on us. I was shown all these things because life was going to make a a very big turn in the direction that I never thought was going to happen. But it was the most beautiful day I've ever experienced. It was also the saddest day of my life. You know, it was like happiest and saddest day. You know, I had the... um, Instead of a flower girl, I had a tissue box girl. (laughs) And, you know, one week to the time that we got married, my dad passed away. That's so awesome that he got to see it. Yes. He had the best send off ever. Right. Like I, I actually share this. I have a dedication to my parents, which was episode, I believe, yeah, episode five of my podcast where I share their story and a little bit more about this wedding. So if anybody wants to hear that, but like my dad, when he was a pilot for American Airlines, like they literally give their pilots like the best send offs. Like, so I felt like this was the best send off. Like people were literally flying across the country to say goodbye to him. So he got to be part of this and. Yeah, it was really, truly, it was truly miraculous. And so for all the pain that I had to go through after, it was all worth it. (laughs) 
Well, that let's go on into that pain. Yeah. Now, now we get into the soap opera. So now you're married. Your dad. Now we're gone. married. My dad passed away. And then like less than two weeks later, my uncle passed away, his younger brother. Mm. And what was crazy is that he actually had been sick, but it, he was like, uh, I mean, it was just amazing how fast. And it was, it was kind of sweet. Their younger sister, the same one that um, my aunt Kathy, she, she said, well, Jack was always the one that always had to do things first. And I was like, really? He had to die first too? <laughs> you know, we got a lot of humor in my family. So, you know, I, I truly believe we got to bring in humor. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what my irony. So for your listeners and my logo, I have Winky as the in the O and Winky is who I represent as God is love with an awesome sense of humor <laughs> and just winking at us and being like, you know, it's really okay. And at the same time, he's also like, I'm sorry for what you're going through, but you'll understand, you know, the bigger picture in the end. And that is one of the things that I did. But when you're in it, boy, is it fun? Yeah. It's hard to take even one next step because you feel so buried in everything. So the week after my dad passed, the owner of the restaurant asked if we wanted to buy it. So I was a general manager and he was um, like the next in charge of being the head chef. Mm -hmm. And um, so with family money, we were supposed to buy it on December 1st, but we ended up buying it on December 8th, which is 821 reversed. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that was the universe's way, God's way of showing me how backwards my life was going to become because then this is when the roller coaster starts. So um, my brother and his then wife, they became uh, pregnant with twin boys mm -hmm. and they lost the twins five and a half months into the pregnancy, which happened on my mother's birthday. Oh no, I'm sorry. It happened on mother's day and my brother's birthday. Mm. So now what happened also is that all these things happened in such a short period of time. So if you go back timeline, August 29th, my dad, you know, passes away and now we're in May and now this tragedy happened. Mm -hmm. But then I bought a restaurant in the middle of all this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like all these things happened. I never got to deal with the loss of my dad. Yeah. I was always in this place of just always going, going. I just, and that just broke me. Mm-hmm. And so um, the one time I choose not to lean on my now husband, thinking that I could do it myself, just, I, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, but my fibromyalgia really got bad. Mm -hmm. I was, I just, I had no energy. I was just existing. I mean, I, I wasn't taking care of myself, you know, it was, I was uh, drowning in, you know, numbing yourself in alcohol mm -hmm. when you, when you could and just trying to forget, well, just when you think things don't get, could get worse. Oh boy, do they ever. And yeah, be very careful what you ask for. <laughs> so, so what happened next? So there was this girl who worked for me um, and um, I don't know why she did this, but it is the story. And I'm not going to obviously say who this is, but she somehow lied to me about having cancer and going through chemotherapy. I don't, I don't know if she had this plan to basically try to seduce my husband from the beginning or what, but she left her husband to be with mine and it all started at her son's one year birthday party. Oh my gosh. 
So, but this is why I share this story is not as a woman scorned. Mm -hmm. Why I share this story is because I was shown every single sign this one day that I chose to ignore. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want your listeners, you know, really trust your intuition, Mm -hmm. really trust when you feel like you're receiving a message. Don't question it. Just know there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And when you hear people like that are in like near death experiences or things like, like where they're like, literally something's going to happen. They receive messages. It's so powerful. And a lot of people say the source of that is different things in in more of the Christian faith. It might be like God, the Holy spirit, you know, saying, telling us something and, and it's our intuition. And how many times have we just, turned our back and did our own thing. And like you said, you look back later, if I would have only listened, you know, I wouldn't have gone through all this, but again, like you said, even going through all of it was for a reason, right? I was absolutely meant to go through all of it. And so, so what happened was, I mean, it's pretty funny because like, uh, he didn't want to go. It was our day off. He didn't want to go to this party. Our navigation in our SUV would not take us there like would not take us to this freaking house. And he's like, can we just go home? And I said, no, we're gonna, you know, we, we promised we'd go. So, um, so it was at her, or it was, and then there was something she said to me that I'm not going to say what that was, but it was something about him. Um, and I was just like, I mean, I could say it. What's the yeah. chance you'd actually hear this right now? But she basically said to me, uh, "You know who? Uh, how I tell who Matt is? He's the one with the cute ass." And I should have been like, "You go near him, and you know what the other words would come yeah. along with it." <laughs> but I went against that too. Just so then lot, it comes to right. If so, what happened really was the perfect storm. I have all this sadness that has happened, you know, physical. We also, the restaurant we bought, we basically were sold a lemon of a restaurant. We were, um, the the owner was given a heads up as to what was going to be happening economically in this area. And then the big hit of 2008. So like there was just so much going on. So I really, you know, I'm not going to say, actually my my ex is an amazing person. Mm -hmm. He absolutely was one of my good soulmates. Mm-hmm. But this story just had to be the way it was meant to be. So like when I'm sharing this, I'm not sharing it from any point of being, you know, like I'm actually grateful for yeah. all of this. Mm-hmm. I have no bad feelings on any of this, you know? And so, um, but this is what happened. And actually you're the first one that I really share this. I didn't even get to really share this on, you know, other episodes, other interviews, <laughs> mm-hmm. but even though I said it was this, uh, the son's uh, birthday party, eventually it ended up being just adults. It was her husband, my husband, me and her. Uh-huh. And I know nothing had happened between them before this because and there was a lot of drinking involved. Uh-huh. And uh, my, my ex, when he would, he, he would become very, I used to call him like a little drunk monkey. He just like cling on to you and just <laughs> be so super happy. So he's trying to cling on to me and she's trying to get closer to him. And then she plays her cancer card again. And I still don't know how he ever got through this, but this was coming up on the one year anniversary of my dad's passing. Oh. So I am hysterically crying yeah. to her husband, who's a friend of mine, mm-hmm. when you know she tried to make a move. And, and then it was just like, 
I don't know. She just, she decided to play damsel in distress. Mm -hmm. And uh, she actually said how her husband abused her, which was total lies. And Mm -hmm. there were actually journals found where, you know, all lies and, and this broke me because um, I truly believe nothing really, really happened. I respect, I respect him completely. I think everything ended before, but it was like within a month of this. And now what's even funnier, this is even more ironic. So I hope your listeners are enjoying all the different vernacular you can use <laughs> with, with my irony. But um, we were involved in a mall shooting at the end, oh like two gosh. weeks later, we're in a mall shooting. And this is like the time of Columbine. Uh-huh. So we don't know what the heck is going on. And he literally says to me, if he ever lost me, he wouldn't know what to do crying hysterically. And then he leaves me three weeks later. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Right. Wow. Yeah. A mall. Yeah, like, yeah. I've never met yeah, somebody. And actually <laughs> I, we were so close. There was mm-hmm. one situation. If we hadn't stopped and he hadn't stopped, ta- if he hadn't stopped and talked to this because we were in like the CD shop and when there were CD shops yeah and that extra 30 seconds I think saved us from being like right in the line of fire mm. like it was crazy it was a jewelry store was being robbed for some crazy reason but you had no idea what was going on so then to have him leave me three weeks later when he couldn't live without yeah. you three weeks before. yes exactly so when this happened I was beyond, dev- I, I found, I, I found a letter she wrote and I, and then, you know, it was just like, wait, what you like, you're now in love with her, but you just told me like, wait, mm-hmm. what? I truly believe it was just, you know, all the pressure of everything. So again, I'm not saying anything badly about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say she's a little disturbed, you know, you lie about cancer and chemotherapy, like yeah. that's good luck with that one. You know, psychological (laughs) issues there. Yeah. But then again, I also even have compassion because why would you ever, ever, ever go down that road? So Mm -hmm. whatever she's gone through, you know, I just hope she learns that you you, you can't get get whatever you want. You know, like karma, I've... Well, okay, it gets it gets better. It gets better. I'm gonna share this because this is a fun story, actually, because it it is beyond ironic what ends up happening. And so, um, so besides being broken, devastated, whatever, at that point, I was given a major gift where I somehow tapped into my father's energy, and I was being given messages. And without that, I don't think I would have made it. Mm -hmm. And then. Um, my mom discovered she could do the same thing. So we're getting like the same messages. So, you know, that that's pretty good because otherwise you think you're crazy. (laughs) Well, a little over, like a little under a year later um, or around a year, she became pregnant. And that is what almost killed me. Um, It was like the whole Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Jennifer (laughs) Aniston triangle. That was my life, literally at the same time. Except when she became pregnant is when I tried to kill myself. Uh-huh. I drank a couple bottles, like two bottles of wine, um, took a sleeping pill and took a bath. So I didn't take a bunch of sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. I literally tried to keep it like 50-50. And I literally said, I looked up and I said, I leave it. I, I was like, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to die. 
but I don't want to live. Mm -hmm. And so I wake up in this cold bath <laughs> hours later. I'm like Cher from Moonstruck and being like, oh my God, Alicia, snap out of it. Like, you know, like literally proverbially slapping myself across the face. Like you can't add more tragedy to your family. Right. That's actually probably the only reason why I didn't do it. I couldn't. And, you know, and I think one of the things I want to share with your listeners is anybody who's been in those suicidal, you know, points, all you got to do is just pull yourself out knowing that your higher self somehow has chosen all of this. And when we can, when we can look from this higher perspective, you'll, you'll really see the reason. And um, of course, anybody wants to know more deeper reasons, you know, contact me, I'll share. <laughs> but it's, um, it was that higher perspective that just was what kept me alive. So when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, you know, like you're, you're, you're still alive. Mm -hmm. And then my greatest, one of my greatest gifts was uh, my friend who ironically took my wedding pictures, gave me the book that saved my life um, the day before she moved away. So the power of gifts, because mm -hmm. I never would have found this otherwise. It was called Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Brian Weiss was this agnostic psychiatrist who risked his entire career to write this book. And I it saved my life. It allowed me to look at things. And if anybody reads this and, and I'm, believe me, I'm all of God and uh, Jesus and the Bible. And I just incorporate a little bit more. I think maybe we're not told the entire puzzle, you know, we're missing a few pieces. And maybe if we start looking at the other pieces that could make maybe a little bit more sense. Um, this was like, if I was going to believe in one way of thinking, this was it because it's all about love. Mm -hmm. and understanding why we go through what we do. Mm -hmm. And that book saved my life down to when I had to close my restaurant on uh, April 22nd of 2008. Um, you know, get to be broken yet again, because now I'm bankrupt. <laughs> oh, wow. um, I was now, again, publicly humiliated because when this was all going on, some people would know the story um, of the, you know, the, the, the rumors that were going around. Some people, well, they weren't rumors, they were the truth. They would, you know, like, I'd have to be like, oh my God, what, you know, what, how are you doing this? Because I had to see him every single day. I couldn't yeah. escape it. Yeah. There was no escape from it. And then I had people who didn't know. So I still had to play this happy wife of this, you know, restaurant. So yeah. let me tell you, definitely messed with my psyche beyond. Mm -hmm. I was an absolute alcoholic at this time. Really? I, I just, I just, I don't even know how I survived that, mm -hmm. but I did. And, you know, but then my, then my other greatest gift showed up because after my restaurant closed, I was like, uh, I would say kind of like a caged animal where I couldn't leave. And I just was like trapped in my, in my apartment. And I happened to have Oprah on the TV <laughs> and I was in my bedroom. So I didn't have a TV in my bedroom, but I had, you know, the sound on and I hear these profound words and I'm like, oh my goodness, that sounds like the author of many lives, many masters. It was the 20th anniversary of the book. Wow. It was the biggest sign to keep going. I think I was given that sign because of what was to come next. I think I was given the sign of my wedding to give me the strength to go through what I went through uh, 
after all that happened with my restaurant. And then I think I was given the sign of uh, Brian Weiss being on Oprah because of what was to come. And I'm not going to go into all the detail of that, but then I ended up, I think my body just kind of gave out on me a year later. And I ended up um, developing a nerve condition in my foot. I was running on a treadmill, hit my heel wrong, developed something called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. I was in a walking boot for nine months. I then somehow my reproductive system decided to totally give out on me, um, developed severe fibroids. I was uh, hospitalized, lost half my blood, had to have two blood transfusions. Uh, before then I had a full hysterectomy at the time I was 33. Um, my mom died. Oh, um, had she been sick for yeah. long? No, that's what's even crazier. So, um, and, but this is all part of the story. So, um, she actually went faster than my dad did. So in 2011 in September, she was fine. October, she thought she had the flu, uh, no middle of November. She was hospitalized. She had just, just turned 70 on December 1st and six days later, December 7th, she passed away. Mm. But I remember her pointing in the corner a few hours before she passed. And I was like, dad here to take you. So I, not that I wanted to lose my mom also, but they were such beautiful soulmates that I, I was kind of at peace, you know, mm -hmm. with them being reunited. Not that I want, you know, but I was yeah. okay. But it was also because we had this other connection that we kind of understood a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And, and so that really continues my, my, this journey, the spiritual journey I've been on. And I ended up, um, right after my, um, my mom passed, I ended up connecting with a not so good soulmate. Uh -oh. Um, there's an incredible book called only love is real for anybody who's dealing with relationship issues. This is another book that Dr. Weiss writes and boy, I wish I had that book at this time. But this guy ended up being a heroin addict that oh. I didn't know. And I tried to help him because I had overcome prescription drug addiction. I had dealt with Oxycontin addiction, very, very high level. And, um, and so I really tried to help him and was caught in this like vortex of like craziness. And mm -hmm. thankfully, um, a family member saw what was going on and was just like, you know, moved to California. And so in six days, six is my lucky number, which is pretty funny. Um, six days, I literally packed up and moved to California. And so that's how you got there. That's how I got there. Yep. Cause I needed an actual geographical shift mm -hmm. to wipe. I did not want to be anywhere where there would be a memory, you know, like that I could conjure up, mm -hmm. like look at something. I needed just a clean slate. I was just too destroyed. And I will tell you that was beyond a crazy time in my life. Cause I'm like, now what, but you find your way. Yeah. So how did you, um, with your prescription drug addiction, how did you come out of that? Did you go through, um, rehab or what happened? No, I actually did it all on my own. Um, yeah. so when I developed this reflex sympathetic dystrophy, the one of the treatments was, was to get this nerve block done. Mm -hmm. And it flared up my fibromyalgia to the point where the first time I was in the ER, um, was like two days after it was like, 
So it was an injection had to be on like a, you know, like an, on an operating table for this injection and my trigger points in my low back decided to mimic, not the prick of the needle, but the pressure of the needle. Mm -hmm. And it felt like something was trying to crush me. So the first time I went to the ER, cause I went like three times in two weeks. The first time I went, I drank like <laughs> pretty bad, I drank two bottles of wine, took 13 Percocets in three hours. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So I go, <laughs> the doctors were not happy with me. They're <laughs> like, you could have killed your liver. And I was like, I don't care. I just want to die. <laughs> cause I what was in so, I was in so much pain. I was, I, I don't know how I survived that pain. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so, um, I was on 120 milligrams of Oxycontin and functioning. Like I was still managing a court, you know, as a, I was a corporate restaurant manager. So again, just functioning, doing this. And I got to a certain point where it was like, okay, Alicia, you're either going to rehab or you're getting yourself off of this. Mm -hmm. So every week I would go through withdrawal on my days off, drop a certain amount. Oh, and it took me two months to do that. And that's how I, that's how I got off of it without going to rehab. And anybody who's on that, that's the way you do it to get it out of your system. I mean, if you go to rehab, great. But if you, that's the way you kick it because the last five milligrams of Percocet was as hard as dropping 20 milligrams of Oxycontin the first time. Like it was one of the most difficult things I've ever dealt with. So like, I truly understand addiction also. Right. Well, congratulations on that. It takes a lot of strength. And I'm sure that's partly what helped turn your life around, right? Well, that wasn't a really super long time that oh. I was on that. Okay. Um, it was only a few months that it was at that level. Mm -hmm. um, I've been really given the wherewithal to know when I've gone too far. So even with drinking, I get to a point, it's like, okay, Alicia, you're either going to destroy your life mm -hmm. or you got to stop. And so I always... Um, so I always encourage people who are going through things. Don't think it has to be this all or nothing mentality mm -hmm. forever. You have all the power within yourself and anybody who's like, you know, if you do become part of a program and they're like, and then you, then you have a drink. It's okay. It's just, the thing is, is that don't let it control you. Mm -hmm. You control how you are and don't mm -hmm. let anybody else tell you what to do. But if it's controlling you, then you have a problem then you need to address it mm -hmm. because that is actually probably one of the things that you're meant to overcome in this life. Mm -hmm. I agree. So let's move on now. Uh, your, your mom had passed away. You're in California. What's next? Okay. So, um, so timeline, my mom passed away in December of um, 2011. I met this guy. In February of 2012, I'm in California in June of 2012. Um, so, you know, just trying to find myself, you know, take a, take a great job um, uh, selling Jaguars and Land Rovers or, well, at that time um, in sounds, but it was so funny how I even got into the car business. And, you know, I was literally divinely guided to do all these things. And if people want to listen to how I even got my podcast going, 
if you listen to episodes one through four, you'll get a very good story. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to go all into that, but you know, it was really trying to find like, why did I go through all these things? Because Mm -hmm. that's one of the things in these books that literally changed my life, transformed my life was why, how could my uh, higher self be so masochistic? (laughs) You know, like why? But this is really where it's funny is that, um, so going back to my soap opera of a life with the restaurant, this is where it gets crazy because the 10th year anniversary of my dad's memorial, which he chose, he wanted to be on his birthday. So October 5th, Mm -hmm. the girl that was associated with this messaged me apologizing for everything that she did to me. The one that your husband had left for. Okay. She did not know that that was the 10 year anniversary of my dad's memorial. And that put me in kind of a tailspin, you know, but at that time, um, and then I was given the greatest gift ever because I felt so energetically tied. But then I remember it was like Christmas Eve of that year. And I finally was able to release it all. And I felt free. And then I saw the movie wild, but with uh, Reese Witherspoon about Cheryl Strait's true story. Um, are you familiar with that? Oh, Carrie, you want to have a beacon of bravery story? <laughs> Watch the movie Wild knowing that this woman went through what she did. And what she did was Cheryl Strait. It was really uh, very similar to my life in mm-hmm. that she had, ju- she had lost her mom to cancer. Um, and she, you know, goes down a really dark path. I didn't think, he, I think she actually becomes a heroin addict mm-hmm. and she finds herself by trekking the Pacific coast trail and Reese Witherspoon does just an absolute phenomenal job. But I, after that movie, I cried in my seat because that was my life mm-hmm. and, um, it's still emotional yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then these things would happen and, my, my spiritual spidey sense kept kicking in more and more. And even down to on April 22nd, my same family member who got me out to California happened to be in town or, or no, she was about to, she was about to move, but something told me to go with her to lunch at the last minute. And is when I tell her about this concept of myrony, because how I discovered myrony is that when I used to be in sales, people would say, how do you say your last name? I said, it's like ironic, but with an M. And then I would add, there's a lot of irony in my life and people would laugh, you know, just trying to be a cute little sales, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I started recognizing, I mean, I've always recognized the signs. I mean, how many signs can I get, right? But then it, it hit me like a lightning bolt. It was like, oh my goodness, this is a universal word for everybody. My irony is their mm-hmm. spiritual irony. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the opposite of selfie. What <laughs> if we start sharing our myronies in addition to our selfies on social media? We got a whole new form of content. Even if your selfies in the myrony, that's much better than just your freaking selfie. Yeah. So that's the other thing is, you know, creating this movement, share your myronies. It's you know, synchronicity is a great word, but most people don't even know how to spell it. Right. You know, it's really long. So you got, you know, Myrony Sophie, you know, there you go. The total opposite. So when I, when I discovered that, I always knew it would come out when it was meant to come out. I was always like, nope, not ready, not ready. But I told her this on April 22nd, which was the date. And if you, if you recall, 
I didn't know this at the time. I tell her about my irony and she's like, oh my God, that's amazing. I was like, well, you're, you know, your last name is that why, you know, you're the wordsmith. How didn't you come up with it? She's like, nope, all yours. <laughs> April 22nd, 2008 was the day I closed my restaurant, closed my restaurant doors. Wow. And I didn't know that. What bigger irony? So when I see 422, that's my number of irony because mm-hmm. it's like, like, what are the odds, right? Yeah. What are the odds? So that was 2012 when that happened? That actually was 2015. Oh, okay. So I saw the movie, I actually saw Wild um, on the day after Christmas, December 26th of 2014. Mm-hmm. And now we're moving into 2015. Mm-hmm. And then I had a really, I've, I've, I had all these beautiful spiritual experiences, you know, I, with, you know, just profound insights and, um, you know, just kind of keeping me going, but I went through another really rough, rough go and mm-hmm. almost killed myself again. I just, I hit a point And then I read this, the book that saved my life. And I do want to share this um, again, another Brian Weiss. And it's not only Brian Weiss that I recommend um, it soon on my, on my website, I'm going to have all the tools that have literally helped me so it can help other people. Mm-hmm. But um, this book was called Same Soul, Many Bodies. And the last chapter addresses suicide. And that is what saved my life. And it was very funny because I was never compelled to read that book until the moment I needed it. Mm-hmm. And so I credit that also saving my life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the journey just, you know, continues so moving up more to present day, is there anything else that happened after that? That um, Oh it, God, so <laughs> many things, but you would have to like have me back as another yeah. guest, whatever, you know, I'm just, you know, but like, uh, or another time, which I'm happy to do, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, this is all part of the story. And what I want to share is that it is the story that is, it, it's necessary to share you know, I'm just sharing authentically. I'm sharing rawly, not, that's not even a word, you know, raw, authentic share transparency, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not sharing this whole section around, you know, the, you know, the, <laughs> the scandal of what was my life as any sort of vin- vindication. It's just what it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was that story. It was the ugly that I had to go through so that I could see the beauty and what I was ultimately being prepared for. Mm -hmm. Because truth is I had to go back to being Myronic to bring Myrony to the world. Mm -hmm. My married name wasn't Myronic. No. Yeah, that's Myrony, right? (laughs) (laughs) You wanted that name back. Well, and it, what's really funny is that, so I launched my podcast on August 22nd, not because of my wedding, but because that's the day I say God showed up. What's really funny is, um, you know, when you launch podcasts, you want to like launch a few, like yeah. you're, you're recommended to launch three or four. My first episode was released on August 21st. <laughs> oh, 821. So, so I had to come through, which I just thought that was funny. Cause that's, that episode again is called discover my and your inner superpower. So I was just like, and anytime those sorts of things happen, I just kind of clap and I go, bravo, God, good job. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, looking towards the future? You know, a lot of the theme of this podcast deals with overcoming obstacles, which of course you've done time and time again and fears. 
looking towards the future, is there anything that you may still have a just underlying fear about or that, you know, to get to where you want to go? Is there an obstacle that you can foresee or what? Well, truth is, um, I have been given incredible insight on the spiritual level. And so, you know, like for anybody that's interested of like, how do you overcome this? Um, I, when we can really look from this higher perspective, that is how I was able to let and, and really, truly, I like to say, step aside and let God guide. And what true faith is, is letting go of fear. And I've been put in very, very interesting financial positions. But I also realized that it was sometimes, sometimes I had to borrow money, but it was because they were being given the free will of whether or not they would help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when things aren't moving the way we want to move, it's because there's something we still need to learn. There's something we still need to understand, or maybe it's the person we haven't connected with yet. Mm-hmm. So I have now truly just surrendered, knowing that all of this is not in any sort of like, these are not coincidences, mm-hmm. you know? So I actually just applied to Ted Global to share my irony as a concept. Oh. So if I don't get Ted Global, I'm definitely going to be applying to Ted, TEDx talks and, yeah. um, you know, and, and it, like, I know I'm meant to share this story. I know mm-hmm. I'm meant to have this platform of showing I mean, I like to say I'm showing God in a different way that maybe others. And when I'm sharing this, I'm not asking anybody to change their faith. Mm-hmm. All I'm asking is just open it up. If something doesn't quite resonate, open it up and maybe just see a little bit more. And I will encourage this other book, again, Brian Weiss, <laughs> is called Messages from the Masters. And it's one of the most beautiful, profound from a higher perspective of almost looking at all the religions and how there's a similar message being shared. Mm-hmm. I'm not denying Jesus. You know, I absolutely believe Jesus as our savior. Mm-hmm. I also believe that if we look at all the holy text out in the world, I think anybody who's doing God's work is part of the holy family. And so I just encourage people to just open open that perspective a little bit more because I was one of those people after my dad passed and I tapped into this and, you know, you guys, whoever's listening, you can call me crazy, whatever. (laughs) I got to share because what if people are listening and they're like, it's resonating with them. And that is uh, the beacon, you know, beacon of bravery. Sometimes we got to say things that we know are going to go against the grain of what others are saying. And that carry what you're doing. You know, you, it's like, that is where fear can step in mm-hmm. is like, I know, you know, people are going to judge or whatever. I, me personally, if I can reach that one, reach one person, then it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So I was a total universe girl. I never said God when, even when I, when I was getting married, um, I, that the fact that I used the word God that day was such a shock um, because I was brought up Catholic, nothing against Catholicism. However, I didn't agree with all the things. So I, you know, I totally turned away and I actually put God in a box known as religion. Well, it was my father, which uh, you guys can call me crazy, but he told me, he's like, Alicia, you need to believe in the Holy family. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? 
And I was like, Catholicism is the answer. And I got the answer. No, it's like Taoism with the Holy Family. And Taoism is incorporating, you know, maybe we don't just live and die one time. You know, maybe we don't just go to heaven and hell. Because how could we justify people living in third world countries when we got people living off of their vanity and making billions of dollars if we only have one chance? But then start thinking about it. Well, what if there was another extreme? What if you were so wealthy from this other perspective and you gave nothing to anybody? How do you think you might come back? That to me showed compassion of God mm-hmm. because otherwise that is absolute judgment the other way around. And so I just encourage people, you know, just also the other thing is, is how you believe what you believe is because you were brought up with it. Well, what if you lived in another part of the world? So I encourage people just look at other ways of looking at things and listen to what resonates within your heart and your soul. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I'm here to do is to break God out of a box that so many of us have put him in and, you know, and, and just show this other beautiful side to what life really is that I've, you know, that I've gone through and I truly believe I'm just a messenger. This is not my word. Myrony is not my word. I was given to it. I truly believe it was a word given to me by God and, you know, to share with everybody and have a little fun in the process. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your perspective. It's interesting and, you know, it will expand some minds and we'll just see how it reaches each, each person. Um, so as we come to the end, you've already mentioned a ton of books um, that you recommend. Is there anything else um, coming to mind or we're good with the recommendations you've already made? I would admit, I would recommend those. There is a really interesting book that I will, I will add to this. And I would actually read the first books that I recommended before you jump into this book, but it's called Mutant Messages Down Under. And it's about this, well, actually, if that resonates with you, try that one out. Um, it's about this woman who was asked to go to Australia to this Aboriginal tribe, was going to go on a walkabout. And a walkabout means they have no idea how long they're gonna be walking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is the most powerful, powerful book about what true faith is because this amazing uh way of of being is that they literally show how to manifest absolutely nothing or absolutely manifest absolutely everything out of absolutely nothing and i think it's the most beautiful example of what faith is because they just believe and so that would be the other book i would would recommend Awesome. How about quotes? Do you have any quotes that you have, you know, written up on your wall or a, you know, a vision board or whatever that resonate with you that you think of time and time again? Well, I'm actually going to go to one of the messages that was received in, in, in different way. And I think this is such a beautiful message for everyone is um, one foot leads straight. The other is misguided. Both are necessary and will always be present. Make sure to follow the straight foot because it's the fastest path to your destiny. That's beautiful. What does that mean to you? Listen to your higher self. Listen to God. I think our, you know, it's um, our intuition, I believe, is our greatest compass to showing us the direction we're meant to go. Um, I think that when we look from that higher spiritual perspective, that's the straight foot. 
Mm -hmm. And when our head gets too far in the way, that's what can be having us meander in all different directions, maybe a bunch of circles, maybe start going backwards. So I encourage everybody, you know, pay attention. Um, I like to call them, you know, my ironies are spiritual breadcrumbs. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the smallest crumb that will have the biggest significance in your life. And if you start tapping into this awareness, it will create miracles in your life and in others. Awesome. How about, is there a podcast that you yourself enjoy? You've mentioned your podcast name, which say the name of your podcast again. So my podcast is That's My Rainy. Okay. And yes, I do have quite a few podcasts that I love, which including yours now, you know, again, <laughs> congratulations on that. I love my, my friend, Dan McPherson, um, mm -hmm. to hear his story. Uh, he actually was the first person I ever interviewed. And it's a very, very ironic story of how he and I connected down in LA when he lives in Michigan. I live in San Jose. Funny story. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Dreams Are Real is mm -hmm. such a beautiful, beautiful podcast. Um, spiritual podcast, my friends, uh, Shanna and Mandy of Sense of Soul. I absolutely love their podcast. They've been in, the, they've been in this uh, realm a little longer where they just hit 100,000 downloads. So I'm like wow. you know, cheering them on. And mm. my interview with them comes out on February 22nd of, of you know, so next, uh, oh, geez, the end of this month. So yeah. I'm super excited about that. Um, my, my friend, Karen Pulver, Grateful Goddesses, absolutely amazing podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then a fun, another fun podcast is this, um, the East spot with Camille and my friend Camille Cower. She's, she's amazing. She's, she, she talks about it from like the entertainment side, the entertainment business side. So she's just got really cool guests all the time. Those are great. And I can, I can second the dreams are real. Um, cause that's the only one I've listened to, but yeah, thank you for those recommendations. Uh, you already mentioned one movie, the wild or in the wild or what was wild, it wild, wild. Is there any other movie that you enjoy? And it can be, you know, a fun one that if it's on the TV or whatever, you stop and watch it every time. I, okay. So the movie, I actually want to recommend two movies mm -hmm. of, um, my favorite movie of all time is The Little Mermaid. I've seen that more <laughs> times than anything. I can literally recite it. I love singing Ariel, Ariel's Pete parts. So it's just fun. I can literally, it's, yeah, it's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most powerful movies I do was the movie The Shack. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen it, but I've heard. It's phenomenal of how to be able to let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to. And, um, and then there's an amazing series in addition to that on, um, I believe Amazon Prime called Restoring the Shack. And it's how the author wrote this book. Hmm. And so the power behind what he went through to bring that beautiful book to the world. And let me tell you, there's so many divine myronies that connected that made that happen so those would be my two well not that the little mermaid is necessarily a recommendation <laughs> i mean everybody knows the little mermaid yeah. <laughs> it's always good yeah i knew every song by heart too okay so here at the end i love to give you a chance to tell the audience how they can connect with you um all the different social handles we've already talked about your podcast anything at all if you have any programs coming up why don't you give okay. us your contact information? 
Well, thank you. So um, uh, my um, my website is that'smyrony.com where you can um, you can find out more about the podcast. You can also find out more about my Myrony mentoring where I do individual sessions um, as and also like a, a, a program I like to call it unlock your blocks. And so for your, um, for your listeners, if anybody's interested, um, I would be, I, normally I'll do a 30 minute just discovery call, you know, to see it's, it's an intuitive discovery call. Um, but for your listeners, your first two listeners, if they say they heard, heard me on your podcast, mm -hmm. um, then I will give them two, uh, two of your listeners, one hour sessions. So they can see how that is. And, um, they just got to make a note and you can, you can book that on the website and um, social media. It's pretty easy to find me. No one has my name. So Instagram, Facebook, um, also uh, Instagram at the, or at that myrony. So um, it, you, you can find me anywhere, reach out. I'm very, I'm very reachable. And um, also, you know, please just share this word share this with your, you know, for anyone who has younger, I, I want the younger generation to be understanding this word. I think the power that we can create is like, we can literally connect people around the country, around the world through our stories. Mm -hmm. So by sharing our myronies, we just got another fun, we, we, we got more content for social media, but Say it's a little bit cooler than a selfie. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And pretty soon it'll be in the dictionary, don't you think? I, I do. Yeah. I, I see it. I see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. This has been great. It's a little bit off the beaten path that I usually go to, but you know, it, it's all interesting and I appreciate your time so much. You coming on to share your word because there is so much myrony in the world. I think we've all been through them. And so I think you're right. If, if we're sharing more of those, then just all self-focused, you know, superficial stuff, it'll help everything. Yeah. And I just want to say one last thing. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, God, God is love with an awesome sense of humor. I truly believe God doesn't care how we get there as long as we get there, as long as we get to that point of really understanding, you know, what, what he represents, mm -hmm. you know, everybody, we, we, we take different paths in life. And so I just, you know, I ask people, let's try to look from a place of compassion and not a place of judgment. Mm -hmm. And let's just bring that to this world. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. I've really enjoyed having you on the show and I appreciate your time. Well, it's been an honor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would go and rate and review the show and also share it with somebody who you think would benefit from listening to the message. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram or you can email me at beacons of bravery at gmail.com. I hope something that you heard today will help you go out and live a more joy-filled, inspired life. Don't keep playing it safe. Be brave today. And of course, a huge shout out to Steve Denny for providing the music for this podcast.